What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Panthers Nation Network. Sitting in that dead period now, we've got some OTAs coming up. We've had, of course, OTAs every day. Media is only allowed every so often. They'll get another one here uh, on Thursday. We'll be able to go out there and take a look at everything going on. And I think that, you know, from what I've seen, you know, some of the videos around the league in terms of the other rookie quarterbacks, the only two I've really seen a lot of heat from across the board are Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson. I don't know about y'all, but I've seen I haven't seen hide or tail of anything on CJ Stroud. I don't know if they're just not no one's filming it or like I've seen nothing. I've seen little clips here and there from CJ Stroud. Nothing major though. I mean, it, it seems like more, mostly like one on ones type of stuff. Nothing that you can really just look take a look at and dissect. Unlike you know Bryce Young, you know every pass he's gonna throw. Is going to be dissected by the masses and see, you know, wh- whether he's still too small to be able to play the NFL. So, but yeah, honestly, like you said, Anthony Richardson and Bryce Young have given us the most film to look at thus far. The other, like I said, Bryce Young, uh, sorry, CJ Stroud, very little stuff here and there. I mean, you listen to Case Keenum today. I think they gave, he said CJ Stroud looked like a vet, didn't miss a beat coming in. That's about it. Um, really not looking much for anybody right now. I mean, true training camp hasn't started. We got, <laughs> Roughly a little bit over a month to get there. Um, I think we're going to have some 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 good times when good topics when that comes about. But right now, to your point, this is so the one thing time we never talked about because there was just a lot more else going on. I don't think we really touched on it that much. The joint practice we got coming up with the Jets. Aaron Rodgers coming to Spartanburg. That is going to be just a beautiful sight to see. He's going to be in for a rude awakening. But talk about like let's talk a little bit about what that practice can mean for us. I think honestly, that's a really good team to have a joint practice with for where we are in our in our program right now. Oh, absolutely, man. You talk about two teams that are that, that are both very young and have a lot of have have a lot of great young players that are still trying to prove themselves. I mean, we'll get to see Terrace Marshall go up against Sauce Gardner. And especially for our guy in Terrace that everybody's been talking about. I mean, even nationally he's starting to get some acclaim now as far as people are looking to him to have a big breakout year. Seeing him go up against Sauce each and every each and every day for a full week will be interesting to say the least. That defense that they have over there in New York is is interesting to see how how our young group responds to a team that's been growing just just as much as we have during during this offseason. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is gonna be is gonna be fun. Him him be one of those one of those veteran quarterbacks, one of the greatest we've ever seen. But I'm more intrigued to see how our young offensive guys start start to start to come about and see if those guys can start to elevate their game. Yeah, I think too. I think for me, to your point, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what our defense looks like, looks like against Aaron Rodgers. Right, you don't get a chance like this often to really go up against a Hall of Fame legend. I mean, we did it with Tom Brady a couple of years, but to be honest, you know, to see Aaron Rodgers in his new digs, to see him in that new offense, to go up against our defense, where we're trying to see what our secondary looks like, what our linebacking core is going to bring, and even what our front is going to do. So it should be a good it should be a good outing. I think it's interesting that we did match up against the Jets, albeit I don't think we've ever done anything of this magnitude with the Jets out of the AFC. I don't really know where it came ever. from. I don't really know where it came Patriots. from. I don't know how they, you know, I don't know how those work. I'm assuming it's just kind of like talking with each other. Um, but I would say, honestly, for me, I'm more excited for the defensive side of the ball. Because while it's not necessarily full speed as well, I mean, seeing JC up against Garrett Wilson and our guys up against Brees Hall, and you know they got um, um not Josh Jacobs, but Josh Jacobs backup, um I think is there, um or no, they got um T- Tony Pollard over there, so I'm excited to see how our how our front seven does against the running attack and against Aaron Rodgers, 
Um, and I'm excited to see J.C. Horn up against Garrett, uh, Garrett Wilson. I think that's going to be you know a, a fun matchup to watch. And I think that there's going to be definitely some scuffles. There are going to be some some scrums in that practice. Sauce is too too mouthy for our D, for our for our offense to to take sitting down. So I think there's going to be some definitely interesting. And Aaron is going to say something that's going to piss somebody off. So I'm excited to see. There's going to be some scuffles. There's going to be some action out there at at the college. Oh no, absolutely, absolutely. I think the last the last joint practice I went to was against Baltimore. And now, and that one was physical. That 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 one was was as crappy as it gets. I mean, I think the one before that would have been Indy. And if I remember that one correctly, that was that was JC's that was that was JC's uh, rookie year. That was that was a uh, was fun. <laughs> it was fun. It was, it was fun. A lot a lot of squabbling going on. Yeah, I, I think this would be very much. A, this would be much of the same. When you're practicing against the same guys for for an entire week, especially especially guys that aren't your guys. Thing, you know, tensions tensions tend to run high in, in those practices. So I mean, I'm just hoping we get some good work though. I'm hoping we, I'm hoping our guys just come and compete, and obviously we get to see something that can give us, you know, some type of inklings of what the season will look like. Yeah, it should be a good chess match. I mean, you got Thomas Brown going up against Salah again. I mean, that's an old, that's an old NFC West rivalry there where they've gone up against each other. Old DC versus old. Old OC for the Rams. I think that's going to be an interesting dynamic. Yeah, I think there's a lot to look at for that. I think, like I said, just Aaron Rodgers having to take the time to come down to Spartanburg, you know, just makes me giggle. That's just funny to me. That's just funny to me to see him in that environment. He's going to be coming from big city to the uh, to the shining city, the sparkling city of Spartanburg. It's just it's going to be a funny sight. He's going to be full mullet, I think, for that for that practice that whole week. And it's good when we go up against a team. Right, it's good we go up against a team that we know we're not going to see also throughout the re- regular season. I think that provides a different dynamic for it. And I think we'll be honestly utilized just as much as a, as a preseason game, just because of the fact that, you know, we have so little preseason games that are going to have that kind of impact. You know, we don't have our, our, we don't have our routine Steelers matchup. I was surprised we didn't have that. You know, it's always the one we normally have, um, but we got some good ones there too. I think that for me, Going into these OTAs, like we said, you know, just looking at these different guys, we've seen Bryce, you know, and he's gotten a lot of confidence and a lot of, you know, high praise. But like you said, and mentioned a little bit, TMJ is one that's kind of picking up too. People are expecting TMJ and Frankie Lubu to kind of be the breakout guys for the Panthers this year. And that's what has to, I mean, that's, that's the minimum for them. Like they got, they got to break out at least. Is Frankie still in the breakout stage? I thought Frankie People, did he's that like already. The, he's like the top <laughs> candidate for to to break out of the NFC South. That was a graphic I saw, and I'm like, and I thought the same thing. And I was like, you I'll... see, this is this is this is what happens when you don't pay attention because his numbers against some of the guys that made the Pro Bowl last year were better. I mean, I just think that that's one of those things where like you could tell people oh, yeah. haven't been watching Panthers football, which, which again I understand. We weren't, we weren't, it weren't, we weren't. It's not like we're we're a national contending team like that. But Frankie Louvu, man, nah, he's past the he's past the breakout stage. At least, at least in the fans' eyes, yeah. I'm looking at Terrence Marshall, hoping that everything that everybody everybody has said and the coaching staff has seemed to be impressed with them. I'm hoping everything they they have said thus far comes to pass, and we start to see him take over that number one role. Yeah, and I'm 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 along the same lines, but also too, I mentioned this in our little text chat we had. But Visca Chenault being our Swiss Army knife, you watch out. I think he's gonna be, it's gonna be a real real shocker to see what they're gonna do with this guy. I think you're gonna see. They mentioned the Debo Samuel kind of plays. I think 
He's going to offer up a whole lot of different looks. You're going to definitely have to check for him in those short, rough yardages to get us extra yards. Definitely in the red zone, I think you're going to see him use even more so. To my point, I think he's going to be much more of a fullback kind of thing. And you're putting Chuba Hubbard or somebody else, uh, Sanders, behind him. For well, I got to look at and they were doing it. And they did it last year in the preseason, too. They were having Ricci. He was lining up in the slot some formations. He was doing out routes and, and wheel routes, and he was coming across, and he was he was making some good catches too. And now we saw that last year in the preseason. You know, Ricci was like the the golden boy in offense, and then we never heard you know hide or tail from him again the rest of the season. But that was really interesting to watch. And I think from what you know Hayden Hurst was talking about, it's a very it sounds like it's going to be a very tight end oriented offense like off the jump in terms of a lot of the, they're going to have at least more so than it was, you know, in years prior, which isn't hard to do because there's nothing in the years prior. So I think that, that will be a change you'll see is that there will be a lot more of a, of a semblance of a, of a tight end role to play an actual H back kind of role, because that's what uh, Hayden said, you know, that was his bread and butter in college and especially coming in, you know, different anyway, uh, uh, I don't even know what I'm saying. Um, Hayden Hurst was talking about, you know, Reich wanting to use more of an H-back kind of role because that's something that he's wanted to utilize. And I think it's interesting because that's something that Hayden Hurst has been able to capitalize on in the past, especially in college and then in the pros as well. So I think that, and I like that because they were rolling out, even in practice, even OTAs, you know, just, you know, helmets on, nothing else. They were rolling Bryce out a little bit. They were having, you know, guys come across with them. So I like seeing that, and I hope they continue to kind of further implement that and keep Bryce a little bit, and keep the defense especially on their toes. Oh, no, absolutely. I, I can say, I I mean, if, if the tight end is going to be more involved in this offense, then I'm intrigued to see where Tommy Trimble starts to fit in at, at this point. I mean, a guy that's been – we've been kind of waiting to see how, how he would develop as a true tight end. Coming out, we knew he was a blocking tight end. Knew he was more, more, more of a physical specimen type, type of guy. But we've been wanting to see if he can can develop as a pass catcher. Had had some flashes toward the end end of last year. I hope to see that he can take you know he can elevate some this year. Possibly work himself into that lineup as, as a true tight end. And I mean you know just to hopefully make good on the draft pick that we that, that we invested in a couple of years ago. And let's not let's not make it you know any more than what it is. Frank Reich has always been known to use the tight end. His time in Philly, his time in Indy, he's always had t- great tight ends, and tight ends have been integral in how he's opened up his offense. So it's going to be interesting to see how we use it. And I don't think the Rams were too far off without using their tight ends as well. Was it Higby and Everett um, out in um, out in L.A. that Thomas Brown used quite effectively? I may add um, when they were making their Super Bowl runs and making their playoff runs. So I mean, I, I mean look. We've, we've talked about it. We haven't had great tight ends since the days of Greg Olson, right? And you're missing out, you know, the shocky Olson kind of transition. And so to actually have that back in our forte definitely brings some more excitement. It's going to open up the playbook. It's going to allow Bryce Young to have more weapons out in the flats, out in those areas to be able to check down. Because if you read anything online, Bryce Young may not make it past week 10 because he's so short. Yeah, but I don't even want to entertain all that because, of course, they're going to say that. <laughs> I think it was interesting, though, and I'll liken it, you know, compare it to something that might make other people's ears burns, but something that I always like is that with the wide receiver, the three that you have, in 2017, when, albeit it was Jake Bentley, he was still putting up massive numbers for the fact that it was Jake Bentley. The receivers he was working with was Debo Samuels, Brian Edwards, and then Hayden Hurst was his primary guys. And so we've always talked about LaVisca hopefully formulating some sort of Debo role to the point where Reich even mentioned it in the press conference about LaVisca's versatility. 
Then you have a guy like TMJ who can be that big body red zone deep threat guy that you need. And then Hayden Hurst as well. And a much better quarterback than Jake Bentley ever will be or ever was. So, and they didn't, and even he was able to put up numbers with that style of an offense. And I think that you have a very, like, I, I know that the Panthers have always been a, been a team that's been built on the run, but I think this is going to be like a 40, you know, I, this could be like a 35 and 15 type of team, like 35 passing plays, 15 run, running plays, you know, maybe even more than that. Like this is, I think it's going to be a very pass heavy offense. I mean, it, it, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. I don't usually like seeing rookie quarterbacks have that high volume of passes though. I, I would I love to have a running game that we can lean on for the majority of, of the game. But I will say, I don't think our backfield, the way our, the way our running back room is set up, I don't think it's made up to be able to run the ball 30 times a game. Like last year was different. Like, you know, Foreman, big body guy, he carries the ball. He carries the bulk of the load and you have your change of pace guys in Hubbard and Blackshear. But not having that type of bell cow back, in my opinion, this year, I don't I don't know how the grind, I don't know how the ground game looks or how they even approach to use it this year. So two factors I can tell you in that from what I've seen already off of camp. Now, Spencer Brown has always been that kind of like we didn't know where to fit him in. He's probably your biggest bell cow back right now. I don't know the exact measurables. I want to say it's like six two. I I might not be necessarily right. Um right. Because it's not gonna be it's not gonna be Blackshear, man. It's not gonna be Chuba. They're not your bell cow backs. Now, Chuba Chuba's good for a burst or two, and so is Blackshear. We've seen that. You know, Blackshear had obviously that big burst in the Lions game, but that's because everyone was running around the Lions. Every, every, everyone was getting a piece in the Lions game. Chuba's had some flashes over the years. You know, the Jaguars game comes to mind. There was the Titans game. I want to say came to mind. Uh, there was another game or two where he had some flashes. But at least for me, a guy that I'm hoping to see something come up from out of the UDFAs and could provide it is Cam Peoples. Cam Peoples is a big boy. And if you want a bell cow back, if you want a guy that we think could provide some, you know, some ROI and some return on some investment, pay some dividends, if it pans out, if he gets a good workload and proves himself in these OTAs, mini camp, training camp, I would be excited to see him play in some preseason games. And I think he could have like one, like 150 yard preseason game, 200 yard preseason game to really cement his roster spot. Cause that, I mean, two guys are probably going to have to go off of that running back group. You figure you can't keep, you know, a five or four or five person running back group right now, which is what you have it at. So you got, you figure you keep three at most and one of them's going to be a bell cow. You would think, and the other one's going to be a backup for, you know, miles. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like Cameron Peoples. I, I like this game coming out of App State. You know, obviously that was the role he played at App State being that in between the tackle type, uh, type of runner. If he could be that for us, I would absolutely adore that. Honestly, at this point, at this point, we just don't have any other options. I mean, he is honestly between him and Spencer Brown, he would be. I think he would be a great option to uh, to be that guy. Hopefully, I mean, knowing that he'll have to probably find a role on special teams as well to be able to stick on the roster. He won't just be able to be just strictly a running back. But I, if if he can stick around, then. Sky's the limit for the. And his name's Cam Run. It's not Cameron. It's C A M. R-U-N. The social media posts, they 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 post themselves. Yeah, I mean, but, but the fact of the matter is, I mean, you lost a big body with Dante Turner. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you have you need something to plug that hole. And it, and he seems to be much more of the prototype. As you looked at Miles Sanders and Chuba Hubbard, more of that slender, kind of short, compact kind of guys that could get in between the tackles and, and make moves on the outside. I think if you're looking for a bruiser, you do have that option. I mean, and you even mentioned Richie. I mean, put the little man in the middle. 
let him do what he needs to do. You know, give the bowling ball a chance. I mean, we had it back with Toll Dozer from back in the day. You know, we really missed him. You know, he was definitely an integral piece in our run in the playoffs and going to us. I would be interesting because I know they did it a little bit at Notre Dame. They fooled around with it a little bit. I wouldn't even mind seeing Tommy Tremble line up back there and line up in the backfield and take a direct handoff. Like and some a, some mister you know some misdirection something like that I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. That's the Lavishka effect I was talking about. I think Lavishka could play that role as well. I mean, you could definitely do that so many different. Yeah, because I mean, if you're looking at, I mean, Spencer both Spencer Brown and Cameron Peoples, they're both Cameron six one two sixteen, Spencer Brown six foot two twenty, and then you got Lavishka, and as a wide receiver, you know, I mean, we've we talked about he looks, he's gotten even bigger. His arms are huge I, I was looking at him i'm like my god so he's sitting at well he's six one probably mm, yeah around 220 as well so he's sitting there probably pretty much the same size as the both of them with a, a much faster 40 time and a much faster you know zero to 60 so i could see de- him definitely playing that too i'm trying to think of his comparison to a guy like corberell patterson in terms of the kind of size he is because i don't know I think Cordell's like six three, about two thirty, maybe. Yeah, but he's a freak. he's six, yeah, he's six two two twenty. So he's got about he's only. I mean, at least this is how it listed on ESPN. Now, and it keeps being thrown around there, and I wouldn't want to do so in terms of the fact that if it keeps doing this. But say they don't reach something, Dalvin Cook. Say Dalvin Cook can't. They don't get it figured out. They don't come to a head on it. Do you pursue Dalvin Cook? Well, I think that's going to be a hard one to kind of lock in. First off, I mean, he does have a connection with Thielen, right? So the brotherhood could kind of have a conversation. But Dalvin Cook is in a place in his career where, honestly, he's looking for a ring. I could see him going to the likes of a Miami, something, someplace like that to be connected to him. I mean, I would say if we can show him that we are going to be a perennial player in the NFC South, which I totally agree that we will be in the, in the, in the later months as we start talking about this. I think we're going to be in a running. Um, I think that that would be kind of an eye opener for him. But for him, I know he's looking for that ring. So he's looking for the one stop shop deal. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, Miami makes the most sense to me in, in, in my mind for him. I mean, I, him obviously being from that Miami area. Uh, to me, it just it, it, it's too much of it's too much of a layup. Miami's clearly the team right now that everybody is starting to look at and say, okay, this is where free agents are wanting to go. They clearly they have Tyreek Hill there, Jalen Ramsey's now there. Uh, why not go there just to be that that next piece to help to help complete the puzzle there? Yeah, either they are Buffalo and they, they don't Honestly. really need him, in, and they don't really need him in Buffalo. But I mean, I mean, he's, 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 I'm about to say his younger his, his younger brothers up there right now, but you know they oh, they're true. trying to. Would, yeah. I mean, would he want to go play with his younger brother? That would be kind of. No, I wants to be in Buffalo. I'd be no, honest. No one. I mean, the are going for a ring. I mean, apparently, Leonard, apparently, apparently Leonard Floyd does because you know he signed that bag this morning, and that was one of the. Yeah. And it sucks because we kept seeing all the posts about like you know best trade fit, best sign, you know best signing fit, best place to go. Leonard Floyd we kept getting pointed the Panthers, and you know that was one of those guys that had the Avero connection, had you know Frank Wright connections. And we were like, all right, let's. Let's get this going. Come on, let's figure it out because we need some help in that in that regard. And I just because I yeah, I mean, I don't think that this front seven is good as is. And I think that while you don't necessarily need to be 
rushing, I guess, like you can see and maybe, you know, take, I guess, at least a year. I don't think the mindset should be operating that the guys that we need are on this roster already 100%. I think you need to window shop at the same time. You can certainly come to that conclusion after you spend some money that, like, I mean, like, if you do, if like, because I know we're all Panthers fans are hurt by, you know, the guys that we spent our money on, especially in the linebacker position in the last few years. But, like, I don't think the same mistakes are going to be made here. I, I really don't. No, they, they seem very to be, they seem to be very strategic in how they want to spend their money. Um, I just would have thought, though, by now we we would have made a play for somebody in in in, in, in the defensive line room. I mean, we clearly know that we have a lot of guys that are looking to prove themselves. But like you said, Jack, there's no way you go into a season with just Amari Barno and those kinds of types of catch for a full season. You can't not with without any sort of like. It'd be one thing if Barno had a sta- you know had a standout year like Luvu did, or if you know Brandon Smith had a standout year, but. They have they have no like no field experience. They have nothing, and like I mean, they're, they they're cool prospects, but like they're cool prospects. But it's been a year since pros since perspective prospects potential meant anything to them. It's been a year since they're removed from any of that stuff. I mean, I'm I'm with you guys. I mean, we're all still bitter over the Hassan Reddick breakup, and I think with that being the last taste in our mouth around that. It's going to be hard to plug that hole with just anybody, right? You're not just you, we don't want to see just a run of the mill. Let's let, let's uh, elevate from within. Let's bring it. We want a splashy name, but it's got to be something that they're seeing either in the locker room, either in the film room, either in in the in the on the field throughout OTAs that they're saying this group seems to be good enough to begin the season with the with the new three four that we're bringing in. So I think we got to kind of wait and see. My thought is you'll probably go through the first round of cuts before we get anybody, um, to be 100% honest. But but that's the thing. Remember, there isn't a first round of cuts anymore. It's, oh, it's, it's 93, 99 to straight to 53. So that mm-hmm. is going to change a lot of the dynamic, I feel like, of how you look at these guys and how you look at, you know, how they filter in. I mean, it's not like, you know, all right, we could wait a little bit longer. It's like, like American Idol going straight from the auditions to, you know, the live show. Like there's no way to break it out and say, all right, this is who we want. We'll give this guy another chance to prove himself. You, it puts a lot more pressure on yourself, on you to prove yourself, you know, pretty early on and in the preseason as well. So I think, I think it'll be more so the fact of like what they see from them in training camp. I think a lot of teams, honestly, if I'm thinking about it, we'll probably still act like those dates exist and like go by that. All right. That date comes through. We got to narrow down some guys that are now on like a watch list for the next period and then narrow that down. And then, cause I mean, I can't imagine that any, no, no GM in front office worth their salt is going to wait till that day to make all their cuts. Man, they, I, I think, I mean, I, if, I, if I had to be honest, I think they're already in the in the evaluating stage right now as far as guys that they have potentially on that list of guys who, who they'd be willing to cut. The once training camp starts and you start to see these um, these these joint practices happen, you start to see the games happen, that, you know, each and every week, there's going to be a guy taking, it's, it's going to be somebody taking a note like, all right, this guy, uh, drop pass here, uh, note it. You know what I'm saying? Mr. Simon here, note it. So, well, yeah, you You'll definitely see a guy. There's definitely gonna be the uh, the merchant the the merchant of death is walking around with that notepad, just checking guys off that list, man. As, as the weeks go by, 
Yeah, I think training camp is going to be definitely interesting. Not now that you say that, Jack, I totally forgot about that that change this year. So it is a what have you done for me lately now, right? It is that immediate what have you done for me lately? What if what is the potential that you show? How well are you picking up on this new regime? What they've got in play, and how much have you brought into the new culture? Because we got to remember, these guys are coming off of two separate cultures of last year. This culture is totally different. And we've got a lot of senior leadership as far as coaching staff. So you've got that dynamic with the younger coaching staff. And it's going to be interesting the way that we we figure out how we're going to plug and play. Um, I, again, we talked about him last week. I haven't heard any news about clowning. I don't think anybody, he's on anybody's radar. You know, no. Ezekiel Elliott's still out there. You still got, we were talking about running backs and stuff like that. We, we, there's no need to bring anybody like that in. And unless by, for, I'm going to knock on all kind of wood that we don't hit the injury bug. But, you know, that's, that's always something thing. that's kind of, that's, the, you know, that's always overhanging every everything that we were looking at and we're talking about. Yeah, that's a big thing, you know, making sure that we can stay healthy and have that sort of depth because that's what we're talking about, right? Your depth, especially like with Amari and all them, they can't be your depth guys. That was what we were talking about last week. You know, they, they can't be your depth players. They need to be, and same with, you know, defensive backs as well. Because Von Bell, Bell is getting also a lot of praise over the last week or so about, you know, his just leadership, what he's going to bring to this team. That's going to be, I think, another one of the more underrated pickups of this offseason. But, like, you can't have him playing cornerback, free safety, you know, and then, like, a, a push man for an edge blitz. Like, you got to, like, and expect him to stay healthy 24-7, 365 with no rest. Like, and then same with, like, Eric Rowe, who they're thinking of, like, looking to throw around at cornerback. I mean, Dante still, as of the last OTA, which was the first, Dante still was not in, was not participating. He was sitting there, you know, in shorts and a t-shirt. Um, JC was running around. Eric Rowe was running around. Everybody else was running around. Um, he was the only one. But like these guys can't be like they can't really even just be your depth guys. Like you need to make sure that they are like solidified doing what they need to do because they are your depth. And that's what screwed us last year. You know, we had. Even even if we had kept you know Gilmore, which we should have done, like he was our we we have no depth at cornerback. We saw that once we hit the Tampa Bay games that we were we were screwed. And I think Jason, you talk about it like that down the road, and I keep flagging it that Miami game, that Miami game because like another guy, Marcus Peters. What's the thought about Marcus Peters? Because I don't think he, as far as the last five, I don't think he signed with anybody yet. Um, well, if he's not signed with anybody, I mean, yeah, I mean, you you you, you get tires on that for sure. Because, uh, like you said, you don't have a guy opposite of JC right now. Not one that I trust necessarily. So yeah, you definitely kick the tires on that and see if you can get, and see if you can bring in, bring in, bring a guy like him in. Is he w willing to come to a team like Carolina though that is young and probably not playing for anything serious, at least not this season? I mean, he's one of those guys that's up there in age. Played for a lot of contending teams, you know. Uh, you know, obviously played in Kansas City, played in Los Angeles, played in Baltimore. Now, you know, is, would he be willing to even come to a team like this right, at, at this stage of his career? Yeah, cause, I mean, he's up there now. He's what he was drafted in what 2015, 16. I think a little bit earlier than that, if I'm not mistaken. I want to say maybe, maybe possibly 14. Oh no, I think no. Mark, Marcus Peters. Marcus yeah, Peters. No, he's... I think it was. I think it was like 15. I think he was. I don't think he was there the, like the year we went to the Super Bowl. I don't think he was on any on, on any team. This year, I, I I I believe so. I'm not gonna hold you. Yeah, it's first, yeah, first year, 2015. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. So okay, but I was thinking he was his first. You were saying his first season was 2014. 
no, 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 no. I'm talking about when he, like when he came into the league, may have been like that 2014 offseason coming into 15, but yeah, yeah, yeah. His yeah, first year in the league was 2015. Okay, yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know if he, he yeah, you're right, he's getting up there in age. I just like I said, I think they're gonna get to a point where like we need to throw somebody in. You know, we need to in that Miami game especially. And honestly, I think hopefully that Jets training camp will be another one of the things where they realize, you know, what's gonna happen when you go up against a couple, you know, a couple of speedy wide receivers. Because I mean, we think about the Jets and their wide receiver group, and there is obviously you know Garrett Wilson. Although I'm trying to think of their other receivers right now. Alan Lazard now, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I think Randall the Jets Cobb. are just the Jets are just a novelty right now because of all the things that they've done in the offseason. I mean, and don't get yeah, me but wrong. Yeah, but think about I, like, I, I think, think about I think. Right. Well, I was just saying, I was just thinking about like I mean, in terms of specifically for cornerbacks, you know, Alan Lazard, Garrett Wilson, Randall Cobb, Miko Hardman, and they still got Corey Davis. So that does not move me. It doesn't move you, but I mean, who in our defense? Who in our defensive back group? You know, does our defensive back group move you right now? I mean, I mean, there's, I mean, there's only, there's only two guys. It was like there were three guys: Von Bell, J.C., and Jeremy Chin. That's what I'm saying. So I'm saying that, like, well, Jer- you can't, you can't count Jeremy Chin as a defensive back anymore. Bro, he, he's, 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 he's a football player. I mean, he doesn't have a position right now, so he's got. So the only place I no, could put him right position. now. No, he's got a position. He's gonna be linebacker. Sw- he's gonna be the SWAT. He's gonna move around. Yeah, but guarantee. yeah, but do you, but do you think he's not gonna be in a situation where he's gonna have to cover a lot because he's he? Oh no, question. he's not a. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like he's still, like he's not even to the point now where he can transition to being like a full time, full time linebacker. And you take him away, and you take away his cover responsibilities. He would hit the biggest asset to move him to linebacker would be the fact that he's had to cover guys in the slot before. It would be that he's had to cover guys for the, the entirety of his playing career to this point. So that's going to be his biggest draw at linebacker, at least early on, until he starts to really get the feel for that position. Yeah, he's gonna. I, I think. I think the one thing about our defense that we don't know is what the hell it's gonna look like. Because, to be a hundred percent honest, everything that I've seen and read, it looks like it's gonna be a chameleon effect. We're gonna have a lot of schemes, a whole lot of disguises. Guys are gonna be lining up in places you wouldn't even imagine. You may even see freaking Brian Burns standing back there for a little bit and then end up rushing the quarterback. You have no idea what they have dialed up, from what I understand. And so, I just I'm excited for the fact that we don't have any idea. I'm excited for the fact that the people who we may have written off, like like Matos, right? We've written them off in our in our conversations, right? Like, right. we don't think he's going to grow to the potential we thought he had. You never know. He could be the Frank Lufu of this year. Just because of the schemes we put into place for him and the fact that we've got a whole new coaching staff who's giving him that belief and that confidence. Because once you have somebody like that and you have a, a coach that believes in you, that wants to coach you up, the sky's the limit for you. I mean, you could change overnight, week to week, from the player you were a year ago. The same thing we're talking about, Terrace Marshall. I was kind of on them. I was kind of on the fence of being like mm, trade bait, but now they're singing his praises. So you, we just don't know. Right. Yeah, and I think that it's just going to be about what they gauge and how they gauge figuring out, you know, what they need to know, and then finding out what they need to know to allow for, you know, for us to figure out what needs to happen. And so I think that's where you're going to kind of come across those different waves of free agency, talking to people, trades, you know, things like that. I think they're going to have 
it'll be interesting to see. I don't think they'll be super aggressive in, in, in the season as far as trades go, at least. Maybe some acquisitions. I don't think they're going to be, you know, trying to jump the gun yet. I think they still see this as, like, obviously every year you, like, we could win the Super Bowl. I don't think they genuinely believe that we could right away. And I don't think they should go into it thinking that, honestly, because I think it's going to kind of stunt the growth of, of, of a lot of these guys. Yeah, right now, you just, I think, you, just, you know, you play with what you got. I mean, obviously, we still try to sign somebody in for that defensive line room, but play with the guys you have, see how those guys mesh. And, again, they, you know, throughout the course of the season, you'll be able to tell whether, you okay, maybe we do have a shot at making something happen. But I, either way, this year wasn't wouldn't be the year to make a, make a big play for anybody. You know, I mean, maybe – Maybe in the next year or two, but we really gotta see what 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 Bryce Young was like first before I think we can make any serious moves down the line. I just want to see my man take a hit from the blind side, and I'll be all right. Fine. I actually don't want to see that. I'm be honest. If it's all the same to you, Jason, I'd rather not. I've watched the blind side enough. I don't need to see anything happen yeah. to my quarterback. Yeah, no, okay, I mean, I just, I, I mean, he needs to get a hat laid on him. I listen. I, I say that to True. say, you know what? This season is going to be one like we've never seen. This season is not the year that Cam came in. This season won't be the year that when we had Jake DeLome in there, nobody knew who the hell he was. You know, we, this is a highly touted quarterback coming in with a brand new coaching staff. I will put our coaching staff up against any coaching staff on paper. I think we've got a good nucleus in place. I think the schemes and the things that we're talking about and we're putting together are going to show some fruit. And the one person we haven't talked about that I think may come into the secondary and give us some relief is the rookie Robinson. I think he's going to come in and he's going to shock some people. His size and everything is going to give him a little bit more to be able to offset Dante, right? We know we're not going to have Dante right off the rip, I don't think. From his injury, that foot injury, I don't think it's going to be him week one maybe he may get out there but it's not going to be anything that's going to be significant so he's going to have to come in and really make a make his presence felt i don't know what we gonna look like come week five but i listen i'm not saying super bowl but i'm damn sure saying playoffs so in that regard though and i'll ask this now and uh, there's obviously a lot of differing factors, but this question has been propped up. Do we think Bryce will have a better rookie season than Cam Newton? Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. No. Because there's only like a handful of guys that have even outpaced Cam Newton's rookie season in the league in total. He would have to go. I mean, bro, you have to, he's not, have he's to not, go. He's not running touchdowns like Cam. Yeah. No, so you have to do, you, you flip the metrics of 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 uh, and being passing. Now, although you say that, I mean, Cam had 400 passing yards in his first two games. Are you we looking for that for Bryce? You got to. He's got in to both against the Falcons and the Saints. 400 each each game. I mean, it, he's yeah. he'll be more, he'll Close. be more of a he'll be more of a 240 type of guy per game. I'm saying this. I, I'll say I'll give it 300. I could see 300 in terms of the Falcons game. Saints is where I hold a little bit off more on the Saints. Nah, man, I don't know, Brad. That, that Atlanta got better defensively. <laughs> That's what I mean. They added what they added Jesse Bates and Calais Campbell to that defense. They're a little bit better and, defensively. Uh, what's, and what's his face from um? Oh, and Jeff, uh, Jeff Okuda. Yeah, you got Jeff Okuda and AJ Terrell playing out there at corner. Yeah, yeah I think you're going for that many. Thank you. I think you won the game, but you ain't going for that many. I look. All I'm focused on is wins. If he can have more wins than Cam Newton's rookie year, then that's what I'm. 
That's more or so what I'm what I'm looking at. The yards and all that, ah, it'll be fine. He'll get that later on. If he if he's playing well, all all of those numbers will come. But as far as just pure just numbers, I don't think he'll touch Cam. At least not in his rookie season. You can't you can't compare him to Cam Newton. Cam Newton was a freak. I mean, there was nobody coming in at six five who did what he did as a rookie. Like no. there's no one in history of, of football. Not even Michael Vick, right? And I mean that that was the quintessential comparison, right? Him and Vick, even though he was a bigger body. Um what I'm looking for from Bryce, honestly, is to have poise, to be a leader, and to play like he don't give two Fs about anything else but but that. Outside of that, as long as he does that and he leads the team, I'm good the first two games. And I got a feeling we're gonna win. I think we're gonna start the season two and zero. Stamp it now. I'm gonna go for it. I mean, I can see it. I can. I can definitely. See, I definitely think we beat Atlanta to start to start the year off. The, New Orleans is the one that worries me the most. But why is it because of? I think they team been, dynamic. Just the team dynamic of what they got on the offensive side with Michael they, Thomas coming back with David with, with Carr. Absolutely, they, they their core has been together longer. Their core has been together longer, and it's been a more successful core than everybody else. Like they got a Atlanta, new quarterback, though. they got a new quarterback hey, though. But I think me? I think they're about the same at quarterback. I don't know if there's a big gap between. I don't think there's a big gap between Winston and Carr. But I do think there's a enough of a gap there that I do believe in Derek Carr more than I believe in James Winston. Like James Winston was gonna I, give me two interceptions before the game was over with that I knew I could like bang all. We're, we're not gonna lose this game, <laughs> James Winston. I mean, we saw the team that Derek Carr took to the playoffs not what two years ago and that was arguably probably a worse team than you know Jameis Winston had to play with in terms of all all around I think uh you know and for me it's not even the offense it's still just the defense for me the defense has not lost damn near anybody they lost I think one or two guys on the front four but I mean Demario Davis you know Cameron Jordan I, I mean Marcus Davenport you know I they, they they're not they haven't lost guys and, and they, you know, that's been their consistent piece. And I just, I don't see our offense lining up with them that well. Hmm. I think, honestly, for one of the first times for almost every game, there's maybe one or two. Like I said, and this is what we talked about when we were playing out the schedule. There may be one or two games, maybe three that I know to be absolute locks, either a win or a loss. Every other game in our schedule, to me, is a coin flip. A li- like, and I've said, and I say that. No, like, I don't think I've ever felt that way as a Panthers fan before. Like, I've been like, oh, yeah, we could win that. We could also lose it. But, like, I've been able to provide reasonings to why. Honestly, just this, like, a lot of these games, like, yeah, we could win it. We could right. lose it. I, at this point, with how crazy last year's NFL season was all over across the board, because it's not even on us, right? It's just how ridiculous other teams have been. You know, Miami could be an 8-1 and team by the time we take them on. The Bears could be, you know, 2-6 and six. By the time we take them on, or the inverse, they could be, you know, undefeated. Like, there's just no way of knowing anymore what these teams are going to do. The Packers could not win in, in, in a single game by the time we get to them, you know, That's or they could right. be, or they could be, you know, eight, eight and two. Like, yeah. I, it's just the other thing, too. I is, have no idea. The other thing, too, is because of the shortened preseason game, you got to look at the first three to four games as true preseason. So you're going to have that rough, sloppy play. You know, if we could get in there and sneak these wins out, I hate to put it in that word, in those words, but we could get in there and sneak these wins out because you're still gelling, right? You still haven't yeah. gotten those, those that, that full contact. I mean, you get out there for four oh, yeah. quarters and you get banged around a couple of good times. 
your body has got to get used to it. So, again, we played the Browns week one last year with Baker Mayfield at the helm. That was the one of the yeah. ugliest games I had ever seen, right? But yeah, it was awful. But at the end of the day, we were still in the game because everybody was still feeling it out. And yeah. We weren't, oh, we weren't yeah. 100% there. So that's what I'm saying. Like, we may, I'm, that's why I say we could probably walk out of there 2 and 0 just because it is that little wishy washy of a part of the season. We definitely could. I mean, and if there were going to be two games we could win out of those first three, it would be five. It would be both Falcons and Saints. I think once you play Seattle, that game being on the road, depending on who your starting quarterback is, honestly, I don't feel great if it's Andy Dalton. I'd rather just roll with Bryce Young and let him go go up there to Quest Field. Well, it's not Quest Field anymore, but let him go up to the 12th man and go play there. But, you know, I, I, again, it, it's going to be a lot of those early season matches where, you, where you're going to be leaning on your veteran guys and us not having great veteran, uh, a great veteran core as a, you know, right now is going to be one of those things that hurts us, I think, early in the season when you're trying to get some of these close games. Yeah, and those close games can be crucial. I mean, the Titans live off of those close games. That keeps them in playoff contention the last two, three years. They get four, they go, Derek Henry just runs ever, over everybody. They're 4 0 coming out of, you know, September, and then it's all downhill from there. I, those, those first games, especially, and that's the other thing. Like, you know, we've always had the, like, it, it's been a while since we've had it where, like, we've always kind of played the Saints, like, week three, you know, maybe the Falcons, week six, but having two divisional games off the bat. Is going to be like I've always said I hated having two divisional games to end out your season with, but two to start is almost worse because but like about you're it, already sitting. Think about it though, we we get those two, we, we're sitting pretty in the division, buddy. Devil's advocate, Jason, we go 0 and 2, we're screwed already coming one quarter into the season. True, but we're yeah. not gonna lose two, like you're we're not gonna lose two. I think it's just as likely that we could win both of them as it, as we could lose both of them i really i, I i'm sorry to say it like we got the saints at home right? we got the saints at home right so we got the falcons away we got the saints at home so mm-hmm. yeah yeah i'm feeling more comfortable with those two because it's that if it was two away games i might be leaning more towards what you're talking about jack see like i said the falcons game i'm like all right I, that's my like i said i'm more confident in that one i the saints game Honestly, the only thing that gives us the edge, but I I would wait, like it being a home game is great. It being the first home game, I can't tell if that's going to be great or not because you're going to have a lot of fans are going to be really, really excited. Primetime, Bryce Young's first game. Monday night, right? Yeah, primetime, Bryce Young's first game. But you don't have a home game under, like, do, do we remember how bad last year's home games were the first two? Attendance-wise, well, like, that's, Jack, that's, that's not even going to be a conversation this year because everybody's coming to see Bryce. Right, you were, and I you get were rolling out Baker Mayfield and Sam Darn. I wouldn't come. Exactly. I wouldn't for that. Exactly. I agree. I agree. But say we get like, like say we. I mean, the t- people are buying the tickets already now for that for that Monday night game, and I'll be interested to see when that game sells out. It will. Um, it will. But I, I, I know it will. It absolutely will. Um, and so I think that. You know, it was going to be a good thing, but you know, say Bryce comes out the first week and just—I pray to God not—but like, you know, sh- shits a brick for a lack of better words. I that that the, the the environment is going to be interesting for that Monday night game, and I, it's almost like I said, it's such a big stage. I really wish it wasn't his first home game. He's never like, shot away that, 
from the spotlight. Yeah. I understand you. Yeah. I agree with you. I do. I mean, think about it. Though. I, I'll but, say that, Jack, because you don't get athletes like that often in life <laughs> where they never, ever, ever, ever shudder in the spotlight since high school, Jack. And this guy played in the SEC. It ain't like he went to South Idaho College and played <laughs> in the snow. This dude played in the trenches in Tuscaloosa. And I'm talking every week. The Iron Bowl. Yeah. I mean, you we can name it. We can go down the list of games. And he saw Georgia. I mean, this guy, to me, I'm not even worried about the spotlight. Now, mm-hmm. it being Monday night in Charlotte, I will tell you, our record on Monday night makes me drink a whole lot of bourbon. But that's the but other thing. I'm thinking we got a new regime. The new cocktail will be poured. It's gonna be tequila and lemonade, and we're gonna we're gonna show up and show out. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm about to say I, I'm. I'm much in agreement with Jason on this one. I don't. The time and place of where these games are played for Bryce Young doesn't really worry me. It's more. It's more so who we're playing. How good are we? I'm not necessarily worried about whether he'll be nervous, bro. Like this, I mean, he's been in Atlanta more times than that. He didn't want more games in Atlanta than the Falcons have, if I'm being honest. I'm not worried about Atlanta. I ain't worried about Atlanta. I'm really. And the Saints, I mean, the, like you said, what we talk about with the Saints is simply their defense that they have coming back. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to worry me. And, and But but I'm looking at the coaching staff as well and saying, like, all right, how do y'all set this rookie up to and it's Dennis perform Allen. in this game? Dennis Allen. It is Dennis Allen. So, I, again, I'm not. It is Dana, but it's also the Saints, and I know Sean Panthers Payne. fans. The Sean both, I I know I know, but I'm I know Panthers fans, both Fairweather and 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 full time fans. The stadium's gonna be rocking. Bryce is gonna come out of the tunnel. It's gonna be an earthquake in Uptown. Like it's gonna be ridiculous. We'll be wearing the all black more than likely. It's gonna be insane. But I can almost see this so clearly. It's scary. Like we get the ball to start the game. And I don't want, and let me preface this, I don't want any of this to happen, but I can just see it happening. And just like Cameron Jordan comes off the edge, gets a good spin move, and just drills into Bryce like Jason so wants to see. And it just goes wait a minute, silent. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I didn't say get drilled. I just said. You, you said put a hat on him. You got to get a hat put on you in the league, man. I mean, look. That's how you respond. I'd rather, I'd rather not be Cameron Jordan or TJ Watt if it's all the same to you. I'd rather not. I mean, look, look. Tua had to go through but it. But do you see yeah, what I'm saying? I, like, I, I, can, I can easily I it. see it. I get it. No, I, but again, I, I only say this to say this kid has proven nothing more than... I agree. He, he actually shines in this type of atmosphere. He shines in this type of doubt. I don't think... Would you say that Cam did the same way or, or the not? The difference between him and Cam, and I'm going to tell you, and, and, and I'm probably going to get raked over the coals for this. Probably. Yeah, prob- probably. Probably. If you bring up, if you bring up what I'm no, thinking, no, no. bring it up. It's, it's honestly, oh. it's his, it's his humility. Period. Again. He approaches the game with the humility that Cam didn't. He doesn't have. He might have the arrogance and bravado, but it's not something. At least at that it's time, not, it's not what you're gonna see. You know what I mean? It'd be something he shows to the people in the huddle. Like they're gonna be like, "Oh, this kid's ready." He ain't right. gonna be on the camera talking. They're already about, right? saying that. So yeah. for me, it's the humility. So he respects the game enough to understand the magnitude of the game. I'm not saying that Cam didn't. It's just who he is as a person. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Who he is from a foundational standpoint is carries him so much further than we can even imagine right now. 
Yeah, I just said it to me like you know Cam's first season. We, we know obviously the Arizona game, the yeah. Packers game. Then we come his home game was against Jacksonville, and there was a safety and a interception before he even threw a touchdown in that game. That was a brutal game, and I can't remember if that was the Hurricane that was, game or not. That was okay. So that had obviously was an six five. What was Cam six five and two and some change? I mean, dude. I would have been scared if I'm a if I'm a cornerback or outside linebacker catching them coming around the corner at that point, full of testosterone, fresh off of a house. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's too totally. This guy's gonna come in. He's gonna have to be methodical, strategic. It's gonna be. I hate to put it like this. No disrespect to my man Cam New, but he is gonna be so much more of a brainiac when it comes to his approach. It's not gonna be just raw, raw, raw and rogue talent. It's going to come down to the cerebral but, chess match for him. And that's what scares me because we haven't played that type in of football. In a while. Like, I, I can't I tell s- you. even cause Jake DeLone, I say ever. I, I, I say we've never played that. I say I don't think Jake DeLone, I don't think Jake DeLone played that kind of football. He was throwing, I, I, I stand he corrected. Was throwing, ever. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, he was throwing darts in the dark. Like, I don't think he was playing like this. Brainiac like football this. either. Yeah. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was a farm boy chucking bales of hay wherever he wanted to. So that's what, like, that's what scares me is that we've never yeah. ever played like that. And I, like, and think about it this way. And think about I don't it this know way. how you got a former quarterback prepping a quarterback, right? right. We've never had that. We've never had that. And another former quarterback prepping a quarterback, and then you know uh, another legendary offensive right. coach and, helping and to prep. see the game yeah. in a way that we probably have no idea. How they got this guy prepared? Just understanding the amount of attention it is on his body size, the hits he's going to take. To your point, Jack. Like I think, for me, I think he's gonna be way more prepared and just comfortable in this in this limelight, especially the first two games. Because you better believe everybody's waiting on his downfall. Everybody's waiting on his. Everybody's waiting to say, "See, we told you." Alabama Tua and Bryce Young quarterbacks don't work. Bears fans. Yeah, I mean, Texans it's it's fans. it's it's, it's like, going to be one of those situations. But for him, I think the way he is as a person, when you listen to him talk, when you've seen the play on the field, when you hear the accolades coming from all the coaches he's ever played for, even teammates he's had, you know, within the locker room, just understanding who he is, his humility, his cerebral approach to the game, I think. It's going to surprise a lot of people. I'm thinking he's going to – I just – sake of argument, I think he's going to come in and show out. I agree. I, I think so too. I, ho- and I, hope, I hope that's the case. Yeah. That's my biggest hope. And we'll get – we'll I think they have more dialogue about it. We'll get to see more flashes of it and hear more about it as we keep going along. But, of course, until then, all we can do is keep waiting and keep pounding.